0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, everyone. So, before we get into the podcast, got to shout out our presenting sponsor at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports action. You know, the Masters is here now. So excited for that. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curveson, here with Reed Bacon. Got a great one for you today. Uh, We're going to be talking about some of the most important and impactful things that have happened since the end of last year's season up to now for Tennessee football. Also give an update on some of the other volunteer sports going on, and share some cool stories in Big Orange Juice about some unreported fights, and uh, maybe a booster, getting a little too braggadocious, so it's going to be a great one. Uh, let's start the show.
1: By the, game. Snap. the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is no, sir, reed. No, sir, reed. Final score, Tennessee 20,
0: Florida 17 pandemonium reigns. Loads up. Fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught, caught Tennessee. Tennessee. wins! Caught it by Tennessee to one. Jennings. Jennings
1: makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. 35 to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pence! On play number
0: one. So, being from Tennessee, there's a lot of lakes around and people love fishing. So, obviously, I was very excited when I saw that we are now with a company called Monster Bass. Um, Monster Bass is a fun and affordable way to get the best new baits from the fishing industry's top brands delivered to your door each month. It is a premium subscription fishing company that handpicks the best baits based on where you live and where you fish. No more guessing on which baits are going to work. Just leave it to the pros at Monster Bass. Basically, it's like having your own personal fishing guide. And it's changing the way bass fishermen shop for baits. They're quickly becoming the number one fishing brand of anglers everywhere. They've got the best baits from the best brands, and you're covered by the industry's best customer service. So, if you want to catch bigger bass this season, head over to monsterbass.com and use the code VOLS10 to get $10 off your first box. Sign up for Monster Bass now. Alright, welcome in everybody. I uh, hope you're enjoying this beautiful Easter Sunday. Uh, it's, you know, nice 72 degrees outside and sunny and we are inside to give you some entertainment <laughs> um reed how how's how's your weekend how's your easter sunday going
1: hey it's going good it's going good uh happy easter to everybody um had an incredible night last night it was a nice little easter visual over at sacred heart got confirmed to the uh catholic faith so that's that's pretty pretty awesome something i've been, uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, but yeah, family came in town, good time. Um, yeah, great weather. And then I'm fired up to do this podcast with you. We have this new uh, I guess we haven't come up with our name yet, but we will no, our new little yet. our new little five five lister, maybe the yes. uh, big, big five up front, big uglies for the five yes. starting linemen.
0: So what Reed's talking about is I felt like we were missing an opportunity to really argue between ourselves. We uh, <laughs> definitely have different opinions on things uh, and we are missing that chance. So we're coming up with this segment where, you know, we're going to pull out different aspects, um, different things that have happened to Tennessee football over the years and rank it. So one through five, easy, quick, and we get to disagree and it'd be fun. And I'm sure everyone would love to hear our different opinions on. Well, things. let's so, say this,
1: let's say this. We might not disagree. We really don't know. I mean, I'm assuming we will. It's true. But we're, we're. This isn't like, this isn't like first take. We're just going to argue just to argue. Like, I mean, <laughs> we may agree on some stuff. So.
0: Am I, am, am I Stephen A or are you Stephen A? Um. You can be Stephen A. Okay. I got to get a little bit louder. Yeah. True. Um. All right, so the first list that we're going to do is the most important slash impactful moments since the end of last season, so the end of that Texas A&M game, to right now. Um, And it's just five things that we think over that, you know, three-and-a-half-month period, four-month period, have been the most important slash impactful things that have happened to Tennessee football uh, during that time frame. So we'll start with number five. Reed, would you like to go first?
1: Yeah, I, and, and so we're going five important, one most important. Second off, um, before we get too diving into this, we did want to talk about – or we will talk about the basketball team getting a big-time transfer, which is huge, but we'll, we'll dive into that. We kind of want to get into this pretty quick. Um, yes. Okay. All right. So for number five – uh, which, like, it, like Kyler said, it can be most impactful, good or bad. So it can be something good or bad that's happened since since the last game um, because we're trying to be recent. We don't necessarily want to just hound on spring practice until Kyler goes or both of us go and get to see for ourselves. Um, anyways, Danny White being hired. That's number five for me. Um, okay. I, I do think it is important. I do think it's impactful or it's obviously it's very impactful, but I, I, I do find, I think he's a good hire. And the only reason I'm saying that is because of his track record. It looks like he has done a good job everywhere. He's been, um, did a good job at Buffalo. Then he goes down to, uh, central Florida and like, you know, central Florida was like, they had a couple good years every now and again when I was growing up, but then turned them into what they did. That was extremely impressive. Um, and I think he's—I think he's going to do good for us at University of Tennessee. I really do. I think he's uh, going to be forward-thinking, and uh, he'll be a big, big-time pal of mine if he uh, fires Rick Barnes after next season. If,
0: <laughs>
1: if, if, Rick Barnes poops the bed in March again, which he probably will. But anyway, so Danny White yes. being hired—I mean, I—and I'm not just saying that for this list. I, I do think he's a good uh, AD hire.
0: I agree. Um, I was ecstatic whenever Danny was hired and and looking into his track record at Buffalo and then UCF and just seeing all of the hires he's made and how successful they've been really made me feel good. Uh, And I I will tell you, I was between, I I almost put him at five also. Uh, So I completely agree with that pick. Um, And I I think that's a good one. I think that is a, a very important thing that happened. What I put at number five might not be impactful at the moment, but maybe towards the future. It is Josh Heupel's um, decisions and way of working around these suspensions of the players getting arrested and getting in trouble. This is a huge moment because even though he just got here, it's his first opportunity to let everybody know this is how I deal with things. This is, the way it's gonna go, you're not gonna get away with things. You're not just gonna be able to do whatever the heck you want. You know, there will be consequences to your decisions, and I'm gonna suspend you right away. And you're not gonna be at team activities, you're not gonna be able to have spring practice, you're not gonna be able to come into the complex. And I think those kind of things are important because I've been a part of teams where guys got to just do whatever they want, get around the rules. Um get in trouble during the weekend and a coach wouldn't say anything. It would just be, okay, just slide it under the rug, let it go. And that just breeds bad stuff where other guys think, oh, yeah, I can do whatever I want. There's no consequences to whatever's happening. So I think his decision to to suspend them and just say, okay, we're going to let this play out legally, see what happens, but you guys are not going to be with the team right now.
1: All right, we we disagree already. First off, <laughs> first off, what has Heupel done different than any of these other coaches have done when Pruitt was here, when Butch was here, when Dooley was here? They all say the same thing: like we're going to get the facts, we're going to see what's up, and we'll come back and let you know. And then, like if they weren't a very good player, then they probably just went ahead and released them from the team. So I, maybe I'm missing something, but I don't know what he's done different. It's not like he put his foot down and like, "See you guys, you're gone. We're not putting up with this at Tennessee." So maybe I'm missing something.
0: No, I would just say with Dooley especially, there were guys failing drug tests, uh, you know, failing classes, all that kind of stuff, and it was just like whatever. They were still with the team. They were still practicing. They were still playing. They were still everything. What
1: What about if someone got arrested, though? Do you remember anyone getting arrested under him? Obviously, it probably happened, but.
0: Yeah, I think it probably did. I mean, probably Jansen Jackson whenever he got arrested. But I don't remember if I was there at that point. But I just think it's just – I mean, I think it's an important part of Heipel's career moving forward just like to set up exactly who he's going to be as a coach and the kind of decisions he's going to make. Now, the process isn't over, Right. So that was
1: my, that was going to be my next argument too. Like it's not over yet.
0: It's not over yet. So we'll see what exactly happens. Apparently the charges have been dropped on uh, Salter, but the other three are still pending. We'll see exactly what happens, but I, I just think this is a very important moment in his coaching career at Tennessee, just to be like the first time he's having to deal with a decision like this. that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying it's important okay
1: i think it's important but like i just don't think we can say that it's been important because we really don't know what he's going to do yet like he's just receiving the facts but all right i'll give well we'll, i I get your list here i'm writing your list down same time i'm writing my list down okay all right so i i won number five clearly um (laughs) all right number four number four is hypo um Number four is hypo because I I think there's a lot of des- delusion with Tennessee fans about how good our program is right now. We're not talking about how awesome it was or how good it can be, but how it is at this very moment. And I really do believe Heupel was probably the best case scenario for us. I'm going to say this right now. All you people that thought we should have hired Gus on and are making those jokes about, well, UCF got rid of Heupel. And Gus Malzahn, they upgraded. Yeah, Gus Malzahn's going to crush it at UCF because it's a lower level of football. And like, but like, I didn't want Gus Malzahn because we just he just got fired from a program a lot like ours. So yeah. if he wasn't successful there, why do we think he's going to be successful here? I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm just saying we know what he is. Like he would have probably been like bringing in Rick Barnes, steady yeah. it out. And, but he's not going to like. I think at least with Heupel, the unknown is I still have that little bit of hope that maybe he could get us to an SEC championship and on. I don't ever see that happening with Gus Malzahn. I'm not. I wasn't ever the biggest fan of Gus Malzahn. He had to have, which it's not a knock on him because a lot of coaches. But like, if he didn't have Cam Newton, he wasn't ever going to be a national championship winning coach or whatever. I know he got back with Nick Marshall and they lost to uh, Jameis Winston FSU. But but anyways, I'm getting on a tangent. I, I I didn't want I didn't want another SC or another coordinator. I didn't want a coordinator. I didn't want like the Tony Elliott guy from, from Clemson. Like I could be the uh, offensive coordinator, Clemson. Like you got you got uh, Travis Etienne. Um, you got Trevor Lawrence, Amari Rogers. You know T. Yeah, T Higgins. I mean, give me the play sheet. Let's do the thing. So I'm glad we actually have a head coach who has run a program, a successful program, I get it. They they didn't have a great year. He got worse as he went, and people say, oh, well, UCF fans were happy when he got let go and da-da-da-da. I'm like, okay, that's great. That's fine. But where we were as a program, I think he was the best. I really do think that he was the best that we, we could do because uh, I don't think the rumors of – James Franklin and some of these type guys—they're not—they're not coming here. They—they're just going to use us for rate, getting raises, and then so four yes. for me, is, four for me is Heifel getting hired, and I think you—I'm not saying he's going to be a great coach. I'm just saying I think he was the best we could get.
0: So sorry to interrupt. Uh, Got to shout out another sponsor, uh, Sunday Scaries. You guys have heard about these—the the CBD gummies um, that are just great for you. You know, I don't really sleep well. I actually have sleep apnea. And I know a lot of people deal with anxiety and worry whenever they're trying to fall asleep. You stay up, just staring at the ceiling, thinking about all the different things that you should have said during the day that you could have said, and your mind races. Yeah, it sucks. So, fortunately, they're Sunday Scaries. And realize that this product makes it its specifically for overthinkers and night owls. The, the CBD gummies help to decompress and clear your head and help you fall asleep so you can actually wake up and be fully functioning human being. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% life back, lifetime money-back guarantee. If the product's not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday Scaries is in the stress-relieving business, not the stress-causing business. I got you a 25% off uh, promo code to approve it. So, visit sundayscaries.com and use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V for your discount. It's promo code BELIEVE for 25, 25% off at sundayscaries.com. They're freaking amazing, and you will not regret joining this squad. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I think I honestly have... Oh, wait, had... wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Unless, unless I would have also been happy... With Coastal Carolina's coach just 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 because it's something different and see what he did and he had been a head coach. Yeah. And he was an up and, up and comer, but I would still rather have hypo. And now you made
0: first. those you kind of made those same comparisons when we were talking about Rick Barnes a couple of weeks ago, just like a lower level coach, just to hire and see what happens, kind of stuff. So yes, yeah. Seems like you're fitting in that. I I, I mean, I agree, hypo hire is huge. I actually have it higher in my list, so that is to okay. come. Um and number four. I have uh, the letting go slash retiring of Philip Fulmer. Ooh, I think. I, okay. Yes, exactly. So the thing that worried me, and we, I've talked about on the podcast before, is Philip being way too involved with the actual football side of things and not just being an AD, like trying to be a head coach at the same time, which is never going to work. You can never just, you know, be right over your head coach's shoulder trying to tell him what to do or, or be that involved. Um, and also, Philip, I felt, was so motivated by boosters, um, so into exactly what was happening with the boosters that it's it, it's not good. Like, I love the Haslam family. I've, I appreciate everything that they've done for the football program, but they're not ADs. Like, they're not meant to run – the the team and I think with Philip retiring it opened up that slot to say okay let's step back let's let's you know get that little trust group together at Tennessee and go out and find a good AD so the fact that the firing slash retiring whatever you want to put it but him leaving the program was a, a big important thing to happen. <laughs> get Fat Phil out.
1: Get him out like he, dude, he, Fat Phil loves him some Fat Phil. Don't get me wrong, he loves Tennessee. He does love Tennessee, but he also loves himself some him. and I was over it. I was tired of it. He's been up there. Let me let me tell you guys this. He was overrated as a coach. Like I've been saying it for years. I'll argue with anybody. I grew up, and that's right when I was growing up to really watch games. And the amount of talent he had, kudos to him for bringing it in, but Buddy was not a big game coach. We should have had at least one more national championship during his time, if not three, just with the talent he brought in. I thought he got out outcoached. Whatever, still a good coach. If you win a natty, you're a great coach. So he got that, but I just thought he was overrated. I also was not – I was fine with them firing him in 08. Now, I know you said we shouldn't have fired him in 08. Cause look what's happened since then, bro. We didn't know that that was going to happen. We also could have hired Lane Kevin. He stayed here for 10 years and now we're incredible, but it didn't happen. But anyways, yeah. I love it. Get fat Phil out the freaking <laughs> Haslam's and all these other people like, bro, they wanted to hire like Greg Shiano and much nonsense, like, you know, whatever. Yes. All right. So I like th- I like that one. Good. Okay. Um, number three for me, this is short and sweet. I thought it was impactful um was the arrest maybe uh now that I look at my list maybe it should have been five and then I would have moved Danny White up one and Hypo up one but anyways the arrest was impactful just because of the news it brought and because we are really short on the depth chart at the linebacker position and so I think it's going to be pretty impactful I think it could be very impactful for the actual when it comes fall and playing games and it's not good publicity but hopefully they come back and everything's good.
0: Yes, I, I would agree with that. And literally my number three kind of goes along with yours where it's a linebacker position, but it's toe-toe entering the transfer portal. I think that was a huge thing because he was by far and away the leader of the defense. Um, I would say more of a leader of the team than anyone else. And for him to say like, Hey, I'm out deuces, like I'm leaving, it was a huge hit just to the entire football team of, okay, now now who's going to lead us? we got to find somebody. Somebody has to step up. There's, there's a huge vacancy there, not only just depth at the linebacker position, but depth of a leader in, in the locker room for the team, someone that the new coaches can lean on to say, hey, we, we've got a guy who – knows what he needs to be doing, knows how to work out, knows how to practice and can push the younger guys or other guys to do the same. And I think him entering the transfer portal now still up in the air, if he's going to come back or not. Um, I, I would say I'm, you know, 80, 20 that he's leaving, but I, I think that was a huge moment over this past, these past four months.
1: Yeah. Huge moment. But I disagree. Like I get it. It is impact. It's it. Let me say this. It's impactful for everything you just said. But the reason that I wouldn't I, it's not even on my list is because next year, if we go how many games did we play? Twelve games next year? Yeah. We had 10 this past year and we're going we're going back to twelve? Yep. Okay. If Tennessee toe toe, in my honest opinion, was not gonna make a difference in one single game next year. We're gonna be we're gonna be um Six and six or five and seven or four and eight. And Toto was not going to swing that one way or the other. I truly believe that in my heart. He's a good player, but I don't think he was going to change whether it's a win or loss next year. I really believe that. So that's why, like, you know, now maybe if you wanted to argue all the players leaving, if you want, if you had hit me with three and said all the players, so Gray, Chandler, uh, Wanya. Wanya. D. Lawrence, or, uh, yeah, D. Lawrence the safety or whatever his name was and then Crouch and Toto okay maybe because they were all you know good players but guess what we still we still sucked last year so they obviously aren't that good so you know
0: <laughs> yes but uh the reason why you think we sucked last year what, what would you put that on what would be the biggest reason why we sucked last year Oh, that's a good point, actually. It's Jeremy Pruitt, and he's has Right, it's it says, a good point. It's not the players. I, yeah. and, and, I mean, would you say that one person can't determine the outcome of, a, like, a game? Like, I mean, uh, Josh Dobbs not being our quarterback in 2016, you think we well, win as huge. many games as we did? You know what I mean? I just feel like – Yeah, but,
1: he, no, but no, no, no. The only position I'm going allow you to argue for is quarterback because they touched about, like – in and Henry T might be the quarterback of the defense, bro. He's a linebacker. He, he's not a quarterback in college football. Like I don't think he's that important. And so. You, I disagree you have with good, that. I think, good, I
0: think he's very important. Not, not just necessarily being a good player, uh, you know, having a good stats being fast and strong and all that stuff, but the leadership of the team, I, I truly believe if you have a, lead, a solidified leader throughout the off season, the spring, the winter workouts, the, the summer in the training camp through the season that it can swing a couple games for you. All
1: right, because, first off, hold on. So last year was all Jeremy Pruitt, but I say Jeremy Pruitt because he didn't pull JG and JG single handedly lost us the Kentucky game and Auburn. Yes. And then, so I, so yeah, it was JG, but I put it on Pruitt because he's the head coach. But Back to what you're saying. So you're telling me you think we could be a difference of five and seven, six and six next year, or four and eight because of Henry T, one player.
0: Yes. Nah, that's stupid. I think (laughs) – and the reason why I think that is because the leadership he would bring to the other positions, the other guys on defense, the other players in the linebacker room, and have them improve as well. I truly believe to have, you know, the oldest, uh, the best player, the leader in a position group can make everyone else in that position group better. And if that person leaves or is not there, it can fall bad. And my point is 2015, my last year to 2016, the offensive line and how much they did not play well in 2016 when I was the only starter who left. And all of those guys had previous starts and they were bad that year. Well, it's
1: good. Yeah, and I agree with that because we talked about it before, and none of those other guys had the personality to hold people accountable to like, I think that I, I don't know them first pers- I know some of them just because of you, and I've met them a couple of times, but like none of them had like. They, I think they all want to be the cool guy. Like, like you're kind of like, if you call out a friend or someone else, they're going to be like, bro, like, Kyler's the lame. Like, shut up. Like, I don't need you talking to me. Like, you're some All American. But you have to have that. So I don't think they ever wanted to call each other out once you left. But okay. Well, what's, I mean, I still don't, maybe what, who are we play next year, like Jacksonville State or somebody, or not Jacksonville State. Yeah. But we, some of, maybe Henry T makes a difference in a non conference game. But, like, some important game, I, I don't know. I just don't think he's going to change wins and losses. But, anyways,
0: okay, so that's your third. All okay, right. So, so, what's your second?
1: My second, the most important or impactful things that happen is the McDonald's bags. Because, okay. because, because I think that hurt us when hiring a coach, even though I still think Hypo was probably the best we could do at the time. So, I'm happy with that, but you and I have always said that you have to cheat to win. So I guess kudos to Jeremy Pruitt for trying to cheat, but he got caught. So you're an idiot, but like you got, you got to cheat to win. And so, you know, it just stinks now that we got caught cheating because now we probably aren't going to cheat. Maybe we're here in two and a half years and hype trashed. And he's like, dang it. I wish I could, (laughs) I wish I could, I wish they didn't have those, those violations. But anyways, I think it's very impactful. I really do. I mean, because, we don't know what sanctions. Are we gonna lose scholarships? Do we get a uh postseason band so we don't get to go to a bowl game or whatever? But the main thing is like if they really up there on the hill are like super scared about cheating again, then we're probably not gonna be that good because we're probably not gonna be cheating. So yes. McDonald's back, that's a huge impact for us.
0: Yeah, I think I think the fact that we both agree cheating happens and cheating is the way that people win. Um Cheating is definitely happening at those winning schools that, you know, five to six schools that always get into the playoffs. Cheating is happening all around. And uh, Well, actually, it, you know
1: it, what? I would say there's probably more cheating at, like – so you just said the people that are always in. So, like, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, Bama.
0: Oklahoma, Georgia. Oklahoma.
1: I, right. I would say that, like, Bama – and maybe Notre Dame and Ohio State. Some of those probably don't have to, but it's the Georgias who are desperately wanting the national championship, or, like, maybe a Florida. Michigan. Or, or Michigan, yeah, Oklahoma. Like, those guys are craving it because they're right there, and so they probably feel like they, you know, need to. And then, obviously, some other SEC schools, like Auburn. Yeah. Got Auburn's probably cheating their butts off, like, you know what I mean? So, but anyways,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think, I think Saban doesn't necessarily have to cheat anymore, you know? Uh, So my number two, which I mentioned a little earlier, was the hiring of Josh Heupel. Like you said, I thought it was the right fit. I thought, you know, with everything that you wanted, you wanted an offensive minded coach because our offense was dead, horrible last year. We wanted a guy who with head coaching experience, who's a winner. Um and, you know, bring some energy, and and, and that's – he fits. He fits exactly what we wanted across the board. So I thought it was a great hire. I thought it was exactly what we needed. Um, and I still feel like it's a guy that is trying to prove himself. It's not necessarily a Gus Malzahn who, you know, has had winning seasons, has gone to the SEC championship. Uh, James Franklin, who, you know, I think there was like co-Big Ten champion at one point. Uh, where where it's guys like, oh, I'm I'm a good coach. Like there's no like I'm not striving for more. Like I, I know I'm a good coach. Everybody knows I'm a good coach. Um and plus I I would never want James Franklin. I've you know heard some stories about him and I'm just like, no, no, thanks. Uh yeah, I would so, kill
1: James Franklin's an incredible coach.
0: Yeah, but
1: well, we'll save your James Franklin stories for later because he is a good coach. <laughs> if you can win, if you can win at Vanderbilt. You're a daggum
0: good coach. I agree with that. I do agree with
1: that. Yeah, I think he's good off the field, meaning recruiting and cheating and stuff like that. But I also think he's a good game day coach. I think he's both. Okay.
0: Okay. I just care about morals a little bit more than Reed does, so don't hold against him. No, 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 no. no.
1: More (laughs) when it comes to winning. When it comes to winning.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, number two was hiring of uh, Josh Heupel. You you, You know
1: what I want to say, too, about Heupel? We had, we had Butch, up-and-comer, who was a winner. Um, and as much as I couldn't stand him, he, he had some bright moments at Tennessee. He really, really did. Um, but the thing about him is, like, with, with, with Butch, we had the, the, the most, like, just corny, cliche coach of coach. All coach speak. I don't think some of his players probably believed some of the crap he was saying. The fans got tired of it you know, yep. everything, all those slogans, you, you lose two or three games and we just start making fun of the slogans compared to people that were buying the shirts with the slogans. So then you bring in Jeremy Pruitt, who was just a neck, like he's just a good old country boy who he can probably coach ball. And like when I watch games, I really did think that he could probably coach up the defense. But then again, like you also don't have the players at Florida State or, or Georgia or Bama that you that you have here. And like, he wasn't going to be a good head coach. Like, you and I have argued this about this all the time. You're like, read a head coach, is a CEO. They're not as much about the game day stuff. And I think he's just more of a coach. He's not a CEO. I mean, yeah. like, so we've gone from super cliche, rah-rah, phony, rah, phony baloney coach, and then we go to straight football, some, you know, kind of just Bama, Gump, Neck, that, like, just coaches ball. He probably <laughs> knows a lot about golf ball but he's not a CEO and I feel like Heupel from what I've heard and listened and stuff he just seems like a normal dude like he's gonna have his rah-rah cliche coaching stuff that everyone has but he also knows ball but he can also just talk normal like he's just a normal like I don't think he's as insecure as Butch and I don't think he like I honestly think Pruitt just didn't care sometimes like Butch cared too much and I don't think Pruitt really even cared to like worry about stuff which can be pretty good in some instance but you know so finally hype was just like kind of normal like you know yeah
0: i i agree with that i love the fact that he's a former player i think that like makes him understand just being in that position with with the players and just like you don't want to hear lies like blatant lies to try and motivate you like you know they're lies why 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 would you say that like and you're referring to butch and I'm referring to Butch. I mean, there was time in the team meeting, he was like, Peyton Manning called me last night at 3 a.m. He couldn't sleep. He's worried about you guys. He wants you to be great. I'm like, no, he didn't. He didn't call you. <laughs> Why are you saying that? Like, no, Peyton Manning is not calling you at 3 a.m. to talk about us. That's not what he's worried about, okay? but like, and, and, and I understand that he – wants to motivate us and like wants us to be like oh yeah we should you know work hard you know vfls really care about what's going on but that is not the way to do it like we're not idiots we know when you're lying so i agree with you when it comes to that i think hypo because he was a former player and you know went through that whole thing it helps him understand ball more but also understand players more which is so great but uh, All right. first, okay, so first spot, number one spot for you. Number most one, most,
1: most, most important, which is funny now that I think about it, I didn't have firing Fat Phil on here, which was super impactful, but I guess the hiring of Danny White. Anyways, yeah. number one most important thing that we did was fire it. because at the end of the season, there was a lot of people saying, we don't have the money to do it, and there's boosters and people that are backing him. And he's Fulmer's guy, and they want to keep him around. And I think, if I remember correctly, that I was even driving down in Memphis doing some work, and I was calling you, arguing with you. And you're like, well, we just can't keep hiring and firing all these coaches. And, and I think you eventually did want to get rid of Pruitt, and I was all on the Hugh Freeze bandwagon. And so I think we were arguing about that. But, mm. but and I, you know me, like, I'm not one of these people that like I'm going to watch the games and I'm going to trust what my eyes tell me. And so my claim to stake to fame with, with Butch is his first year, two weeks to prepare. People are listening to this that have heard me say this a million times. Um, Two weeks to prepare for Vanderbilt and James Franklin first game or last yeah, his first year. Yep. And if we, if we win that, we go to a bowl game. Bro, you got two weeks to prepare for freaking Vandy. So, I, I have tickets. I'm sitting and nailing, freezing my tush off. It's like 30 degrees. And I sit there and I just intently watch the game because I was too cold to jump up and move. So, I'm sitting there freezing, watching this game. And I left that game saying, this guy ain't it. Now, I get it. You can't fire him after year one. You cannot do that. Give him a chance. Give him a time. But what I saw on the field was like he was okay. Like, he was fine, but he was never going to be what we ultimately want him to be. So then I watch Pruitt, and Pruitt comes around, and some stuff I'm seeing on the field with Pruitt, I'm like, I think I see some difference. Like, he was putting people in position to make plays, and they weren't making plays. That's not his fault. Like, the Georgia State game, I argue with people a bunch about Georgia State game. He put our players in position to make plays, and they didn't make them. And I still think, like I was talking about, Pruitt's a good coach. Um, Obviously, he wasn't a good head coach. And – his ultimate downfall was really the quarterback play. I think if that guy has yeah. a good quarterback play, he's going to be a good coach.
0: But anyway. I mean, it's it's his decision to pull or play a quarterback, and he failed in that one aspect, and that is the reason he got fired. Because if you look at the season before, not this past year, but year before, 2019, some of those games that came down to the wire, the, the Auburn game that we won in Auburn, the huge, fact that huge. he, he – he, Went for an onside kick versus Nebraska in the bowl game. I mean, just huge moments where it's Kentucky, literally coach. Yeah,
1: be, yeah, beat Kentucky when they were, like, having their best season ever in college. They're the best it, Kentucky football season in their history, and they come here and we and we beat them handling.
0: And it's in-game decisions like that that you're just like, yes. Like, I love to see it. I love the risk-taking. I love him understanding what's happening. He understands the momentum that's going on. You're like, heck, yeah, this is going to be great. He wins eight games. We're you know we're on the rise, and then just putting too much faith in JG, literally ruin his career.
1: Bring in, bro. Bring in a transfer. Do anything. I don't care if you have to bring in four four quarterbacks, two two out of high school and two and two transfers, and you maybe pay those guys a little bit. Say come here and say, hey guys, you are going to compete for this job, and the best players going to win. Like it's the most important position in probably all sports. And you're, you're still here over on the Hill coaching, except for Jaron Garantano. So anyways, season ended, I'm hearing all this stuff and I'm arguing with buddies and I'm like, you guys know Pruitt isn't good. And they're like, I'm just so sick of the firing and I argue with you. And I said, you're like, Well, and you wanted to argue how long it took Nick Saban to be good at uh, Michigan, and I remember you reading off his stats and all that. I said, Kyler, tell me one thing. One, I'm just asking for one thing that going into the future for next year that you're excited about with Pruitt. Are you excited about recruiting? No. Are you excited about his offense? No. Are you excited about his defense? No. Like, are you? what are we excited about? And you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. So it's like the fact that they actually pulled the trigger – get rid of him. We made a mistake. It's over and done with. I don't think if we'd given him more time, it was ever going to change and go get somebody new. And I'll tie that in with, they actually had the balls to do it. And and I'm telling you, if you think about it, people really thought they might not fire him because they brought in Kevin Steele. So they're like, well, wait, is that now Kevin still can be defense coordinator? Oh, and then they were like, well, no, maybe Pruitt is going to get fired. Yeah. And so it was like, it was up in the air. Like there was an argument. It's like, he wasn't good. He had his three years move on. And so I'm happy they did it. And that was the most important thing because all these other things wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for firing him.
0: Yes. So uh, I completely agree because that is also my number one thing that happens. No! <laughs> so, so we do we do agree on some things for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean reiterate exactly what you said. The point the point that I was making about saving was not necessarily about Alabama, but the fact that he, he didn't. Time. He needed time to be a head coach. He wasn't a good head coach at Michigan State. But he was okay. Be- he was okay. But, but because he got that head coaching experience, it helped him understand more to then be at LSU and then grow and then be able to win and then, you know, put that into Alabama and grow. And be able- like he's had his most success at his fourth or fifth stop as a head coach. So pulling a guy who's a coordinator at a good school and coming over, he has zero head coaching experience. And you're like, when right now, that is the difficult part. I think the best coaches, you know, had years underneath their belt before they came, became the best coaches um, as head, as head coaches. So yeah, they that's even more of a reason. Time. Yeah, It's even more of a reason why I like Hypel is because he has the head coaching experience. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Yeah. And you just got to work your way up. And I hate that people we use Saban so much as examples because like he's the greatest college coach in my, in my opinion, he's the greatest college coach of all time. So it's like, it's hard to use him, but we could use other good coaches that have had chance. Like, I mean, you know, we could use other coaches that have been coaches at lower level work their way up. Like Hugh Freeze guys, like a high school girls, basketball coach goes to Arkansas state, you know, does his thing and then goes to Ole Miss and now he's at Liberty. Like the guy wins wherever he goes. So, like, you know what I mean? But he had a chance to work his way up. And, um, okay, all right, well, cool. That was our first – we haven't come up with the name of the segment, but that was our first big five list. And it ties into this offseason, one of the most important things so far for the offseason. So, I think that was good.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like that. I, I can't wait to go further into, you know, different lists, you know, best moments of, you know, Tennessee football or just, like, of different decades, worst moments, best players at different positions, everything. So we can uh, argue a little bit more between us or agree a little bit more between us. All right. Got to shout out another sponsor. Uh, I speak for everyone, I think, when I say that getting sunglasses is one of the most frustrating things, especially losing them or breaking them. You know, you buy the really nice ones, but lose them in the water, lose them in the lake, and you never get them back. But it's time to make your outdoor experience better with Kenan sunglasses. They're made exclusively exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. And Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So they're very, very durable. So, use the exclusive code KENANCAST15. At keenan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K A E N O N C A S T 1 5. Keenan Cast 15. Keenan, clearly better. Um, so, you know, we're going to get into the big orange juice, but before that, we're gonna, we want to, you know, Reed said earlier, we want to talk about some of the other sports that are going on with 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 Tennessee in uh, the big news that came out this week of uh, Justin Powell transferring from Auburn to Tennessee, picking us. And what a huge addition that is to this Rick Barnes basketball team and what it can mean for us going forward. It, you know, Reed, you said that, you know, some people are saying we have the most talented backcourt already uh, you know, this, this, this far away from, from next season. So wh- what do you think? I, I I truly love the addition. I think he's exactly what we're missing in, in a shooter uh, because, I mean, multiple, multiple games, we were, you know, 15%, 20%, all that kind of stuff from three. And it's abysmal to think that, you, you know, that is how you're shooting. Yeah,
1: I think when you first see it, it's like, oh, great. We get like the 6'6", white guy who can just stroke. And it's like, no, like I remember watching him some. And then I went back and watched some of his highlights and stuff. Like, dude's just a player. Like, he can drive. He can kick. Like, he's not a statue that just chucks threes, um, which I'm fine with if you can bang threes. I don't care, you know, whatever. But hopefully he won't, you know, he's athletic enough not to be a defensive liability. But I'll tell you why this is huge. Two reasons. First off, well, three reasons. Auburn loses him. Love that. Um, he's a Kentucky kid, he's a Kentucky kid, and yeah, he was only a three-star coming out on, on 24-7, I don't know what he was on rivals, but he's not going back to Kentucky. Now, granted, Kentucky fans might say, Coach Kyle Perry didn't want him, they didn't have room for him, whatever, I don't care, like, he's coming here, and he's not going to Kentucky, so so that's great, uh, just for optics, they can say what they want, but everyone says, if, if this Kennedy Chandler is going to be as good as he says, and how good he is, and I love that my Memphis Grizzly, John Morant, shouted out. Kenny Chandler was like, hey, you guys are getting a real one. So that's awesome. But, yeah, so my uncle uh, Lou was actually in for Memphis this weekend. And, you know, he lives down there. And we were talking about Chandler. He's like, bro, he's supposed to be the real deal. Like, like, you know, he should be what he's advertised. You know, because you and I always talk about these recruits. And so you put him at one who's a true point guard. And you put you put Justin over at the two guard. I mean, you know, okay, great. We lost Pemberton. We we lost Pemberton. We lost Devontae Gaines. Like, were those guys ever going to play here? No, probably not. But it's like bad. It's kind of bad, like optics. And then we yeah. lose a hit, We lose a coach. There's rumors that another uh, assistant coach might be leaving. So it's like, hey, give us some good news. And our boy, you know, <laughs> we always talk about Jimmy Dykes, who calls the college basketball games. He loves in some Tennessee, which he oh, yeah. always, like, loves on us during the games. But I see his tweet today. He's like, they just landed, like, this is a massive get. And I really respect what he says in college basketball. And so, you know, I'm fired up. Like, give us some good, good pub, and maybe this guy will bring some more good players with him. Because this this offseason is about to be a freaking free-for-all.
0: Yes, so, With transfers. So, I agree with the transfer portal stuff. Now it's just, I mean, it's honestly insane um, Yeah, who <laughs> you can actually get from, you know, year over year. Uh, and then other Vols news, uh, Tennessee baseball was able to take the series versus Alabama two to one, you know, final game today, score of eight to nine. So very close. And it's just fun that we have a men's team. That's good. I mean, <laughs> Our softball team was really good when I was at UT and that, you know, they would get, you know, close, even semifinals, finals. Um, our women's basketball team's always been good, but, you know, just our men's teams have struggled recently and it's, it's nice to see. It's fun to see. It's fun to see winning at Tennessee, no matter what sport it is. So very happy that they were able to pull that out. And I do enjoy live tweeting baseball games, even though I haven't been a big baseball fan in the past. Because it's a Tennessee team, I I truly enjoy it.
1: I'm glad that you like watching them. I am not a huge baseball guy, but when you come up and go to spring practice, if there's a game, uh, we definitely need to go and just go check it out and see it. Listen, I'm gonna support any team that's good. I mean, wait, I mean, I I would love to be able to watch, uh, you know, Omaha watch the College World Series in Tennessee be playing. That'd be sick. Like, I would be super locked in, even though I'm not a baseball guy, but um yeah anyways yeah i love it beat bama you know beat lsu that's huge you know in these past these past weeks but um anyways all right
0: hit me with your big orange juice okay so big orange juice will go into it um this is (laughs) this is kind of a fighting story i guess um it is definitely a violent one uh i'm not going to give out names but this person was a defensive back and was there when I was there. Um, so the story goes, I wasn't there at, at the time. The story goes, he's hanging out with some of the other guys on the team. They are, uh, drinking, playing music really loud. I think, you know, playing video games, just a bunch of ruckus. Right. And it's, it's only the guys. It's not like a huge party or anything. And their upstairs neighbor is, you know, either trying to sleep or, or trying to get some work done, just, you know, doesn't want to hear them being loud. So he starts, you know, banging on the floor, stomping on the floor, trying to get them to shut up. They're not doing anything. He eventually comes down, bangs on the door. They open. He says, would y'all please shut the heck up? I'm, you know, upstairs. I can, you're so freaking loud. Like, please shut up. Thank you. And left and went back to his apartment. So... About well, a minute and a half later, he hears a knock at his own door. He opens it, and this DB, without hesitation, cocks back, smacks him right in the face, knocks him out on impact. He falls back into his apartment, lays him on the ground. And he, the DB walks back downstairs, goes back to the party, and enjoys his time. <laughs> and Bro. when the guys told me about this, I – was like, yep, that kind of makes sense because of who he was and was honestly, like, the most insane thing I've ever heard just to be like, this is what you get for talking to me that way.
1: Well, so I know who the DB is, and I didn't tell you that, like, like I know you mentioned his name, but you and I had a class together that he was in, and he always used to kind of piss me off because the way he walked around, like – he uh, kind of cared – like he wasn't a starter. He never started, but he nope. played special teams. He was he was very skinny and wiry, but he was he was very strong, and he did have that chip on, on his shoulder. So I'll give him credit. Like Buddy was about that life. Like on the field, he would lay you out, and obviously, it sounds like
0: <laughs> off the field, you feel, he would too. <laughs> yeah.
1: But like you know how dumb that is. Like a that's that's like like I said, he's about that. But, but just, exactly.
0: that, when
1: that guy, well, does that guy not have roommates? Like how are you not calling the cops and like, Hey, buddy, just got knocked out by his roommate.
0: I, I have no idea. I don't know if the guy had roommates, nothing came out of it. So I'm just like, I, I guess maybe he lived by himself. Maybe he didn't have roommates. Maybe he was like,
1: what, what apartment were they living in?
0: Um, I'm not sure what apartment complex they were at. I think they were in one of those ones that They're all close together across the river. Uh,
1: okay. Um,
0: but uh, you know, and I have the no other idea. Guys, And
1: the other guys on the team said that they saw, he did this.
0: Yes, like saw what? him do it. Um, and I don't know if like Buddy woke up and like didn't even realize what happened. You know, maybe had some memory loss, uh, but nothing happened of it he didn't say anything or maybe he was just scared and was like I'm not gonna say anything because I just got knocked out
1: dude that's wild freaking (laughs) wild
0: Uh, yeah so the stuff happens all the time that people do not know about uh that literally you know coaches didn't know about it They, they didn't sweep it under the rug no one swept it under the rug it was just it happened, and no one reported anything. So
1: why was he not? A, why was he not a better player, like a, a full time starter? Was he just not good in coverage, or or was he um, not? I think he was. At, I think he was athletic and strong as heck.
0: Yeah, I think that was probably what it was. Just uh, coverage skills, understanding offenses, understanding little nuances of you know routes of wide receivers and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because he would always he would always bring the hit. Like I mean, there was multiple times in practice he's laying dudes out um and he was very physical and like a cam chancellor kind of way even though yeah. he was skinnier like you said yeah he was, uh, he was skinny so I, I i mean i never really understood exactly you know because he's a db i was an offensive line yeah yeah
1: true i think true. it
0: was that just like knowledge of of a defense and you know being able to recognize coverages and that kind of thing so gotcha
1: all right well this mine is short and sweet it's pretty incredible um it's not, not as quite as elaborate as last week of playing Xbox with C.J. Watson or p- play video games, which is awesome that he reached out to us. We're going to yeah, hopefully get him on the podcast. That was, that was
0: funny. That was funny, just like, hey, I need you to sign an NDA next time.
1: Incredible. Yeah, dude's such, <laughs> dude's such a good guy. I'm like, like I said, hopefully we can get him on the podcast. But um, it is a basketball story. Um, and so – I've kind of was thinking about not telling stories where I physically wasn't involved and didn't see something. And because yeah. I, but the only reason I'm telling this one is because this guy who told me, this is one of my best friends in the world. And he's also one of like the most honest, trustworthy, just like good people. Like there would be no, there'd be no reason for him to tell me this to, to lie about it. Um, or, or like, he like to make me like, like him more or something like that. It was just, he and I talking, it wasn't at a party where he's trying to sound cool, but anyways, Long story short, Tennessee's biggest basketball recruit. Um, I'm going to say it's the, it was like one of our biggest basketball recruits. So it was Tobias Harris. Uh, yeah. We're definitely not tagging Tobias Harris because, A, he probably wouldn't notice it or catch it. But <laughs> I also don't want any – well, I don't, yeah, I don't want him to think anything. But anyways, there was a guy who was very high up at Pilot, like very, very high up. It, it, it was not a Haslam but he was very, very high up at pilot, um, probably like second or third in command. And he had a son who went to CAK. Well, Mm. my buddy goes to CAK and they were very, very good friends.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I would always hang out with my good buddy and he would tell me about being over at this household because when he was over there, there was like, you know, if it was like football season, the basketball team would be over there, like Bruce Burrow would bring them all over there. They'd all be, like, watching, like – it'd be like Tennessee, Florida away football game, but they're having, like, a big party or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, he would always tell me about these people being over there and being around and, and all that stuff. Well, one night um, – and, and let me say this, too. The funny thing about this uh, pilot executive – well, no longer pilot executive, um, obviously, but um, – He was like – he was an Ohio State fan, which is what's hilarious. Like, because my buddy would go up – they would fly on the private plane and go up to, like, Ohio State-Michigan games. So I thought it was really funny that – I guess he was a big Ohio State fan but still a UT booster or whatever. But one night, it was my buddy, uh, the son, and the dad all sitting around watching a UT basketball game together. So it wasn't like a party or anything. And the the pilot exec started bragging – about how Tobias Harris was coming here to UT because of him, and he starts talking like Tobias Harris was like, you know, my player, or like he's here because of me, or like UT fans can thank me for him. And basically, he was bragging that he paid Tobias Harris a hundred grand to come to UT. Wow. Now, like I said, I would not tell the story if if I really didn't believe my friend, and also people listening like. They can believe it if they want. I'm, I'm not sitting here telling you it was 100% back because I wasn't there. But my yeah. buddy, there was no reason for my buddy to tell me that. And me knowing the guy, the pilot exec, and um, obviously some of the stuff that he did and got into, listening to how he's talked about this and sounding like that sounds completely serious. But it was just hilarious that these guys, like, I guess it's just a different stratosphere, but like, bro, like, why do you think Tobias here, like, you just gave a high school kid like 100 grand, like, you think, like, he's going to take his money, collect his check, come play ball, and say deuces. Like, he ain't going to be friends with you. He probably no. doesn't even like you. Like, I mean, hey, as a fan, kudos to you. Give him another hundred grand to get somebody else. But, like, it's just amazing how some of these, these boosters' minds work and stuff like that. And I remember hearing that that story, and I was like, dude, like, like, what? like these guys just want to talk – you know what I mean? Like, they just want to brag about it and talk about it. But, anyways, I thought it was wild, like, I remember when I heard that, I was like, "That's crazy."
0: So, Forty-year-old men just wanted to be friends with seventeen-year-olds.
1: Yeah, bunch of <laughs> cleat chases.
0: <laughs> bunch of cleat chases.
1: And then he just wanted to act like he wanted to act like like Tobias Harris was like his because like he gave him the money or whatever. It's like you're an idiot, bro. You're an idiot.
0: <laughs> Tobias yeah. Harris, ain't, he ain't worried about you anymore, man.
1: No, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not. Yeah, no, so, definitely
0: not yeah well that's a good yeah that's a great story i i, I will choose to believe it you know if the fans yeah. watch well i wouldn't it i wouldn't
1: yeah yeah i would have told if i didn't believe it or trust his person but i'm just when i do these big orange juices i'm going to tell stuff that I physically saw with my own eyes so but yeah you know, that agree. was one that was one i
0: thought was good enough to tell yes yes definitely all right well um <laughs> that is the podcast very nice uh short and sweet one um Like Reed said earlier, we're going to try and get to spring practice either this coming week or next week um, and be able to bring you guys kind of an inside look. Uh, You know, that is something that I am blessed with since I am a former player. I get to stay and watch the entire practice while, you know, other media members are there for warm ups and get kicked out. So I will uh, definitely try and take advantage of that. Um, But, yeah, appreciate you guys coming out. Appreciate you guys listening, watching on YouTube. Uh, you know, we're everywhere where podcasts are, so please rate and subscribe, follow everything that we're doing. Uh, feel free to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Kyler Kerbison. Uh, if you have questions or comments or, you know, want us to talk about certain topics, you can hit us up either on our phone at 865-322-9232 or, uh, our email believe in tennessee football at gmail.com and it's b-l-e-a-v that's how you spell the believe um but yeah appreciate you guys coming out and uh as always go balls!